0: So, let's have a bit of a recap and then let's see where we are. Zrizos. Zrizos, which is translated as alacrity, zeal, enthusiasm, vitality, is the first step that we take to shake off the dust of what's called Afar, the most basic and primal obstruction to any spiritual growth. Afar, the element of earth is fundamentally opposed to Spiritual growth. It's the, in a certain sense, the antithesis of what spirituality is all about. Spirituality is about the expansion of self, breaking the confines and the parameters. And the earth is the ultimate expression of the quantifiable, something which is extremely limited. You can measure it, you can feel it, you can weigh it. The journey of the emergent self, emerging self, begins with the transcendence of being, which means that the physical parameters that we temporarily inhabit are not intrinsically finite, but can be used to propel us to ever new and higher levels. And therefore, the most fundamental opposition that we have is this earthiness of self which expresses practically manifests in what we call laziness, inactivity passivity anxiety and depression it's the oppressive force which inhibits any kind of realization of potential we made that point we made another point the other point we made was that when a person overcomes that initial opposition, he's not creating Zahiris, vitality, expansiveness, potential transcendence. Rather, he's revealing it. And hence, that process can be instantaneous. If it would be that a person would have to manufacture, grow, develop that internal part of self known as Rizos. So just like anything in the world which grows, it starts off very small, and only through incremental stages of growth is it able to become something big. You can't have anything that is big to begin with, that involves a growth process. However, something which is underneath the surface, but pre-prepared, and all you need to do is peel off the cover, and there it is, so then there's no need for a time-lapse between the pre-situation, the prior reality, where this thing was hidden from the eye, to the present where it's exposed to the eye. Because all it was, was hidden. It wasn't not in non-existent. It was existent. It was just hidden. And hence we describe that a person's potential, the way we perceive our talents, are not things that we grow and develop but things which are intrinsically part of our essential self and all that's needed from us to achieve perfection is to peel off the shells and then we will be perfect and one of the first shells we need to peel off is called Afar it's called the dust the inertia, the inactivity, the passivity of life that presses us down and restrains us from enthusiasm and zeal. The Ramchal stipulated the area of this energetic activity, and he described it as ha'kdoma lemitzvos ulashlamas in yonam, which means that when a person develops this spiritual self, the direction that it goes in. Is of course towards a higher spiritual force known as, a, as God, as Hashem, and the place where it is expressed is through the mitzvahs. The mitzvah, as we've said many times before, the word mitzvah doesn't mean commandment, the word tzivuy means commandments. The word mitzvah means the unique relationship between the one that issues the command and the one that receives the command, and the mitzvah is the connection point between that. So the word mitzvah means connection between myself and my Creator. Another, the Shadrach Kodesh says, hint to this, is that the word mitzvah corresponds to the word tzavta, which actually means togetherness, cohesive, getting along well together. A a team is called a tzavet, tzavta. So when a person reveals this, takes off this layer of atlas, so all of a sudden, he sees that within him he has a rich spiritual asset. And then we took it even one step further. We said that when you discover that spiritual asset, and the way we did it was, we speeded up our physical movement, and when we did that, it exposed to us an inner treasure of this power of engagement, of enthusiasm, of excitement, of joy that we could experience in our life simply by speeding up our physical movement. When you see that, you have the self-awareness to perceive that, that self-awareness, that recognition becomes a form of ownership. If you can spot it, it's yours. And therefore, the point of the exercises that we previously performed was to gain an awareness of the real spiritual treasures, the treasures of self that are contained within us. And before we've activated them, just their very knowledge is deeply empowering because it means that now we have that at our our disposal. Even though it may not be under complete control to manipulate and to turn the way that we want it to go, yet, But the knowledge of the fact that I own a powerful steed, even though I haven't broken him in yet, means that I have him, and I just have to learn how to ride him. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing gift. So the process of insight, of self-realization, becomes synonymous with acquisition. We acquire ourselves through realization. That is so exciting, I can't tell you. (laughs) <laughs> that is exciting stuff because that means every small perception you have and you can have perhaps tens twenties thirties of them in a day become new things in your repository of self it's an amazing thing so that means there's there's so much I've acquired I'll give an example just to illustrate so since we've been holding in the Suge of Zuzos, and I've felt both the unbridled enthusiasm of being Zoris and the heaviness, and the power of the pool, this spiritual gravity of laziness, of atlas, today I gained new insight into one of the other components. It was a fascinating experience. The Ramchal puts across as one of the contributing factors that enhances the heaviness of the burden upon me and stops spiritual realization is the pursuit of pleasure, physical pleasure. How does that slow down my spiritual excitement? Well, I'll tell you how it happened to me this morning. I went to Shul. And I thought, here's a great opportunity for me with a pre-prepared tea bag of finest, finest English twining tea, English breakfast tea for that matter. not the strong version, the normal version. I would have a cup of tea. I would have a cup of tea before I began my filler service. Perfect. And I had ample time. Small problem. When I went to the water heating machine, and pushed on the hot button instead of delicious boiling water cascading down and broiling my tea bag to perfect flavor what happened was nothing and as I pushed the button even harder ever so insistent what happened was nothing but then almost unexpectedly I heard something a sound which was music to my ears the water began to boil. Ah, problem though. The word, it had begun to boil. Because that means I had to wait. So all of a sudden, I see my enthusiasm towards getting to Dublin on time being hampered by my pursuit of that delicious hot cup of tea that's now standing in the way between me and Phila. And time is passing and time is passing and I'm waiting for this to boil and I think, well maybe if I push the cold water button miraculously hot water will come out and so I do this and yet cold water comes out so I think maybe if I push it even harder if I somehow bludgeon it with my little finger things will transform and they don't and I sit there and I see this crust of atlas growing over my spiritual self as I wait impatiently for the boiling water to come down upon my delicious tea bag and that's when I experienced it I experienced the counterforce of Zeruzos in front of my very face it was magnificent I, there will be many about Shiva that will be then assaulted by feelings of guilt and remorse and oh how can I do this, it's awful but a person who is working with himself never lets his judgmental self invade his spiritual growth the minute you introduce judgment into perception of self, you will lose the plot very badly because you'll become so biased then you'll get into defensive or depression. You'll mess yourself up. Rather be up observing, observing. You say, hmm, now I see. So how does it help me? See, if all you do is watch yourself become a russia, that's not really spiritual advancement, is it? So you're right. But the truth is, I've now got a new key. I've now got a new instrument, because I know how it works. So next time I can predict how it's going to happen, and I can be aware of it, and have another asset in my storehouse. You follow? Once you become aware of this, you'll see that your life takes on a whole new dimension. Yes. How did you identify it as Atlus? It sound, I mean, I understand that it's not Zerizus anymore because it's stopping you, but it doesn't sound like it's lazy. So that's the Chidush that the Ramchal tells me that the pursuit of pleasure is a detracting factor of Zrizus. It increases Atlus. He calls it Magdilei HaAtla, the increases of Atlus. Physical pleasure, pursuit of physical pleasure, increases Atlus, which destroys ourselves. Based on this knowledge, Gary J., would you ever use a remote control again? <laughs> no, of course not. Because you wouldn't be watching TV in the first place. <laughs> so, Pursuit of only physical pleasure? Only, as opposed to what other pleasures are you thinking of? Spiritual pleasure? Yeah, some mental, mental pleasure, from reading a book and stuff like that. I mean. it depends on what the book's about. <coughs> depends if it's, if it's lifting you up or it's pulling you down. Many a book will pull you down into the depths of... You know where. Throw that for. Throw that. It it's not appropriate. You shouldn't be reading it. It's not good. Right. <laughs> okay? So now what I want to do now is I want to while speaking on Zus, there's a comp- compelling reason to speak <laughs> about the very nature of time. Because what Zus does is explores our relationship to time. And many people have a vague notion of what 's called temporal orientation, our location in time. and this begins with and, th- and this becomes a factor when a person has no temporal orientation, Jesus becomes a very difficult middle to come, to come into contact with. We have to be able to find ourselves in time, find ourselves in time. Could someone please define for me what, what, what is time? How would you define time? Daniel Prepas. <coughs> a uh, way to conceptually understand, like, changes in the day. It's a way to conceptually understand changes in the day. In other words, the direction you're going with is time is a mechanism to measure the pace of change, something along those lines could be. Any other one who would like to define what time is? So the definition that I've been working with, which I think is helpful, is time measures the distance between two events. I had breakfast this morning, and I'm now sitting in a shear. Time is the distance from the shear here to breakfast in the morning. How much time elapsed was breakfast occurred at 8.30, and this is occurring at right now 10 to 1, and therefore the distance is the way the you measuring my distance from breakfast it's a uh, four hour just over distance. You follow? You follow? So my time measures distance. Now, just as a person can have no spatial orientation, meaning he doesn't understand the idea of space, a person can not understand the idea of time. Sometimes you meet people who are always late, and therefore when you meet them, it's late. When you meet people who are always late, it could be that you point fingers and say, they're lazy, they're irresponsible, they're inconsiderate, it could have none of, not, they could be considerate, they could be very um, concerned and responsible, they just don't understand how to measure time. In other words, when a person decides to commit to doing a particular act, often you have people, and i over here, then perhaps on the phone, saying, okay, I would like to meet you in 20 minutes. And they say, no problem, I'll be there. But they don't realize that the destination that they have to be at itself takes a 20-minute bus ride, and you still need to wait for the bus, more or less, 5 to 10 minutes. And then you still have to walk from the bus stop to where they are, and before you go, you have to go pick up your bag in the room, which is going to take another three and a half minutes. People don't process that. They say, oh, it's 20 minutes away, I'll be there, see you. In other words, that's called a lack of correct processing of time. That means you haven't found yourself in time. In order for a person to be able to find himself in time, he has to first of all articulate the different kinds of time. And he has to start to feel what a minute means. What an hour means. What a day means. What a week means what a month means, what a season means, what a year means, what a decade means. When you understand this, then you can understand things. For example, a person has no concept of time. It won't be amazing to him that the works we're studying are 3,000 years old. Because 3,000 years has no value. He can't measure it. Because you can't measure 1,000 years unless you have an orientation in time. But when you realize how long a year is, and if you realize how long 2 years, and 3 years, and 4 years, and a decade is, and then you realize how long a lifetime is, 80 years, and then you realize how long a 100 year span is, and then you perhaps conceive of how long 200 years is, and then 300 years, and then 400 years, until eventually you get to a 1000 year span, It's, it's immensely, immensely long, And then you have this one consistent strain of a belief system which stretches through a thousand years and then it goes through another thousand years and then it goes through another thousand years and it doesn't change one iota. And then you become almost jolted into the power of that idea. Only if you understand time. If you don't understand time, it all means the same. It all means the same. So we have to experience time before we even get on to experiencing Jesus. Until we find ourselves in time, we can't find ourselves overgoing, overlapping, extending, tr- essentially, and I'll tell you a secret now, Jesus can be termed as the power that rebels against the limitations of time. Jesus stands to transcend time we have to understand how that works how can you do that aren't we inevitably locked within time and what is then the nature of time Before we go on to Zuz's, let's speak about space briefly. Orientation, spatial orientation. Spatial orientation is the first step that we have, we take towards conceptual thought. In order for me to orientate myself spatially, I have to be able to perceive things not from my viewpoint, which requires visual representation. Correct? Simple illustration, gentlemen. i ask you all to raise the same hand that I'm about to raise. Let's go. One, two, three. What becomes confusing is our natural instinct when I raise and I'm facing, I'm opposite you. My right hand, you'll raise your left hand because we see things from our very own perspective. That's called a lack of spatial orientation. We're unable to transport ourselves into the space of the other and see how it looks standing outside of myself. So the very beginning of abstract thought begins with a grasp of spatial orientation. And one who can't spatially orientate himself will lack a whole realm of social skills. If you can't identify a person as being far away from you and you can't see yourself from his perspective you will not be able to be empathetic with his pain You will not be able to see things from his intellectual perspective. Both intellectually and emotionally, space is a crucial factor. You won't understand how far or close to stand next to a person and what the emotional implication is. Orientation in space is the first step in understanding on both physical, emotional, intellectual level what distance is. Space measures the points between two parts, two, two distances. Distance is the difference the way between two given points and when you don't grasp it and you can't orientate, you don't know right, left, front, back, up and down and you don't know global spatial orientation they subjective subject to spatial orientation right, left, in other words as I turn around so you're on my right hand side one second, now you're behind me or inside, now you're behind me well, now you're on my left but you didn't move, how could that be? because Right, left, front, backwards, up, down is a relative space. And then there's an objective space, east, west, north, south. So even though I turn around, it doesn't change the orientation in terms of the compass point, but it does change the orientation in terms of li- right, left. So there's relative space and there's objective space. And I exist within objective space and I create relative space. Until the person has a full grasp on what space means, he can't. he can't developed very far as a human being. So we need to be orientated in space, we need to be orientated in time. And then we can start to discuss Zrizos because speed is a relationship between space and time and Zrizos speaks about speed. Speed is the way I cover space through time kilometers per hour, miles per hour. It's a relationship between space and time. So Zrizus, you can start to get a sense of why it's a first step towards spirituality because it challenges the notions of space and time by changing the speed. What the notions of space and time push towards us in the physical sense is the solidity of space and the slow movingness of time. And what Zeruzah wants to do is create malleable space and time. Don't look at time as an obstruction. Break through it. Don't look at space as an obstacle. Jump over it. Now I know what I'm saying <coughs> is exceptionally vague. And therefore I beg your forgiveness. But... If you'll only bear with me, hopefully, in the course of time, clarity will emerge. Good? Okay. Let's start quoting from the Maharal. and we'll start to speak about these different ideas in the context of the Mishnah the Mishnah says <coughs> Yudu Ben Tema Oime Yudu Ben said Have Oz Be as brazen as a leopard as light as an eagle as swift as a deer the Gibor Kari and as powerful as a lion, Lasois Ritsoin You should be as unafraid as a leopard, as strong as a leopard, as light as an eagle, as swift as a deer, and as powerful as a lion. To do the will of your Father in Heaven. And the Maral explains that each one of these analogies to these different beasts describes a different component, a different quality of Zuzus and a different defeats a different aspect of Atlas. And he says (coughs) The most basic level where a person is deeply trapped by self-inhibition is when a person practically has a predisposition towards being almost as inanimate as a stone he's stone-like he just sits there and globulizes unable to even reveal the first inklings of activity and therefore the first thing that Yuda ben Tabai says is you need to have strength Azus sometimes translated as Chutzbah Chutzka means you can break the protocol you're not intimidated you don't feel threatened by it requires a breaking of a preconceived status. When a person is in the state of doimain, he's inactive, he's, in, he's trapped by some type of spiritual atrophy, he needs to break it with a chutzpah of Azus Kanomer. Be as brazen as a leopard awaken yourself all to do. do and not because of the weight the heaviness of your nature you become absolutely passive develop the strength to awaken yourself for Service of your creator. And that's why the Rebbe Yudamintabai begins with the Ah, that's why he says it. He says, the midda, the trait of chutzpah, means there's something opposing you. Your act is completely inappropriate. How could you do that? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're the chutzpah to in front of all those. It means that you don't care about the status quo. You can break through the barriers. The a and he doesn't he doesn't get restrained by all the boundaries of self. He breaks him. But the zruzos goes further than that. Once you've broken that stone-like inactivity, you have to start to fly. Now we come to the eagle. Then you have to take off The bird takes off The bird that is powerful and as swift as an eagle Takes off even to a higher height So first of all you have to Wake up Then you have to take off. But then you have to get moving. So then you have to be as swift as a deer to now increase the speed of your body. And then you get to the act that you're running towards and then you have to do it and it requires power to do so. So essentially what Rabbi ben Tabai is doing is documenting the sequence of powers required of different stages of an evolving Zrizzle stick self. It starts off with the brazenness to break your status quo. Then you can take off. Then you can start to pursue. And finally you arrive and complete. And he plots those stages. But gentlemen, time is running on and is about to come to the point where we have to halt. So let's uh, ponder those thoughts and reconvene on Sunday.